All right, so that's a great testimony because as we are on this fast together, um, if you haven't had some darts thrown at you, I would be concerned of that because maybe you're not pushing in hard enough because if the enemy has you where he wants you and you're playing it safe, then he might just leave you alone a little bit. You know what I mean? Because uh, my challenge to you as your pastor was to go a little deeper this time, push a little harder this year, do something maybe new that you didn't do. Last year's fast, I know. <laughs> Me and my wife decided that uh, the 21 days, it was going to be no TV. And I'm mad because it's harder than I thought. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, that's going to be an easy one, no problem. And you know, you just get tired in your day, and you just sometimes, I don't know, maybe some of you don't have a problem with this, but I just like to veg out and watch, and, and as I began to investigate that spiritually, like, wait a minute, so I'm tired, and then I want to go sit down and escape into an alternate reality that's not a godly one, that's going to teach worldly principles while I'm tired and weak. That's not a very good idea. Are you with me? I mean, because when you're tired and stressed or you're just, you know, exhausted from the day, that's when the enemy likes to come and dangle the carrot, kick you in the, you know, he tries to, that's the, the temptation can come when you're tired because that's when you're weakest. God, you know, sometimes, I mean, excuse me, the enemy won't come when you're at your strongest, like you're up and you're actually doing your devotions and you feel strong, but it's, no, it's later on when you've had a whole day in a battle and you're weary from the field and you come in and. You know, that's when, that's when you got to be on alert, right? Yes. Are you with me? So uh, thanks, uh, Darlene, for sharing that. Um, hey, so last week, uh, Pastor Eric did a great job. Who was here last week that heard the, right? Okay, you're all here. Okay, so what was the, what was the first one? S was what? Stop making excuses. Oh, hey, you're cheating. Kind of, sort of, kind of. No, you're not. I'm just kidding. It's like, I was like, man, she's dead. I was hoping no one could say it, but yeah, good job. You got all right, stop making excuses, and then someone besides Dale, number, what was the T? Well, we might need you, Dale. I'm, I'm looking to, so what is it? Take inventory. Take inventory. Yes, good. Good start. And then A was? Yes, act in faith. And then R was? Refocus. And then T was? Trust God. It was great. I'm going to get that posted online this week. If you weren't able to listen to it, make sure you do. A great start to the new year um, to get us focused and pictured on what God has for us. And um, I'm excited to uh, dovetail off of, of Pastor Eric's word from the Lord. Um, and I, I, I got an interesting uh, thing this morning. I, I'm not going to call it a sermon. I'm just going to call it uh, a phrase that God gave me that really perked my interest. And as I was praying this week... Um, in the morning, and I started. Um, my practice is is that I, I read my I read my daily reading. I do the soap on that, and then I type. Uh, it's all in my. I type and I say, I type out, Lord, what do you have for me today? Question mark, and then I sit there and I listen. And when he starts talking, I start typing, and uh, and so that that's a. We're going to learn. If you want to learn how to hear God's voice voice better. We have a, a class starting in February, February 19th, I believe, um, called Four Keys to Hearing God's Voice, which I'll be leading here at the church. Uh, this is an intense study. It's going to be about an hour and a half. 
uh, hour and 45 minutes each session. There's videos that we're going to get a book. Uh, there's registration online if you want to sign up for that. But um, everyone's welcome, but ask God if you want to go, because I want people that really want to be there. So don't take the class just so you look spiritual or you think it's a good idea. Come to work, because this is going to be, this will change your life. Has, has the concept of what this book talks about changed our lives? Yeah. So it's going to change you, but you've got to want that because it's going to challenge you and it's going to stretch you and um, it's, a, it's a great study. So anyway, so I'm there and I'm saying, okay, Lord, what do you want? So the Lord's journaling or talking to me and I'm, I'm writing down what he's saying. And so I got, this is my journal. And, and I'm not a writer. I'm just trying to keep up with what he's saying. And... And sometime, huh? That's one day. Yeah, this is uh, January seventh. The whole, whole the whole thing, yeah. And and I don't say I'm not, I don't say that that's. I've had one page. I've had half a page. I've had more than this. Just depends. But on this day, he was speaking to me, and you know, just to, I just want you to know. I just want you to feel comfortable with your pastor knowing kind of what. I do. I don't expect you to do anything that I'm not willing to do or sacrifice to do. Um, so I'm just saying to you, this is kind of how it starts uh, here. Where did I write that? Did it even blend in? Oh, that's page two. Okay, here's the end of it. So Lord Jesus, what do you have for me today? So this is how he starts it off. This is just a side thing from what he said later. Um, eliminate distractions when you're with me. All others can wait. Nothing is more urgent than me. I want you to honor me in this, okay? Wow, and I wasn't ready for that. So I, of course, said, yes, Lord. <laughs> so, 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 sorry. Um, and then, um, so he's talking, this is personal stuff just for me. Um, I could do a bunch there, but I want to get down. So, so then I'm writing, and then sometimes, you know, he'll just be, he'll, sometimes he's just encouraging me, sometimes he's instructing me, or he's, you know, uh, bringing up something in my personal life or something for the church often and uh, for all of us. And then he said this, and I'm going to read some of this and we're going to talk about this because I, uh, he, well, because he told me to. And it, it doesn't always do that, but every now and then I'll be, oh, you know, it'll be speaking to me and it'll be like, and I, you need to tell them that this week. Them. Oh, the church. The church? Yes, them. Yeah, okay. That's what you're talking about. Because, you know, when you get a word from the Lord, you've got to ask yourself, um, is this for me, Lord, only? Or is this for me and my spouse? Or is this for me and my family? Or is this, you know, you've got to ask him, who's this for? Because every time the Lord speaks to you doesn't mean every truth I get doesn't mean you all need to hear it that day because that's not where God has you. You, are you with me? So everyone ask yourself that whenever you have a Lord. When you're in church and you get a revelation and you feel like you have a word, and oh my gosh, I feel like I need to tell everybody. That may be the case. So just pray and say, Lord, is this just for me to encourage me or is this something that I should take before the church? And if you, if you feel like the Holy Spirit saying yes, come tap uh, yeah, Craig, myself, Eric, Jen, someone on the shoulder and say, hey, I got a word. Here's what the gist of it is. I feel like the Lord's supposed to share that with me and we'll work from there. Right? So that's just a quick little lesson on how church goes. But even on your personal life, when you're praying, you should be expecting God to speak to you, not just for you, but for others. Like, you should be full of the Spirit so that he may be put someone, uh, drop someone on your mind, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're praying for him. I was walking Sven, Chris, this morning, early, cold this morning. Um, and I was walking Sven, praying, and all of a sudden, you know, you're, Chris, you just dropped Chris on my heart, so... Well, you start praying for him, right? You know, you start, you start interceding on behalf 
of the people that, you know, uh, actually, Darlene, too, I was praying for your knees this morning. So it, God drops stuff and just start praying for them. Just believe that when God puts something in your heart and mind, don't just say, oh, that's just, I'm just thinking about that, or I'm just this or that. No, God's speaking to you. He wants you to move on that. And until you move on that, then you don't experience greater things. Because it's going to be the small things that you have to uh, act on if you want to go deeper, bit better, bigger, more influential, right? Because if, if he can't trust you to pray for Chris, <laughs> well, you know, let's start there, right? Praying for each other, that's pretty simple, right? But he's not going to give you deeper things to where he's going to start telling the other stuff until you're faithful in the small things. Um, so, so the Lord says this, and I'm just going to kind of read through this and uh, we're going to have some fun with this because he brought up a phrase to me that I, you know, didn't hear in the Bible, but yeah, it's totally supported in the Bible. Obviously, I wouldn't even preach anything that's not supported with the word. But do you know that God can say other words than the words that are in the Bible? Yes. He's not just, he, he's not confined to only saying words that are in the Bible. He, he can actually say a lot more things. In fact, well, actually, the Bible says he says more things than he did in the word. In fact, he said so many things that it would fill the books of the earth. So, so the Lord is just going to town, and I'm listening, and I'm okay. And, and he said this. He said, um, I am the key to your destiny, and your submission and complete abandonment to my spirit is essential to your success, to your mission. And so now this is in the context of with the fast in mind where we're at as a church because he's been talking to me about, um, you know, staying focused, pushing into him during the fast and he'll bring stuff into my life. Earlier in my journal, he said, you need to trust in me because my hand is going to start to show up more and more in your life as it did in Safeway the other night and at church Sunday. And so that was last week, the week before last. And so me and my wife randomly went to Safeway at 9.30 at night uh, well, we got to get this one ingredient for something, for whatever. And we had people coming over, so we're like, okay, let's go get it. So we went, and there's no one in the store. And we, did I tell you this story? Okay. Um, we're in the store, and we're walking down the aisle, and uh, this little um, uh, lady, uh, lady and her kid are on the, on the cart, and the little kid's like, what, kindergarten? She's on the cart hanging on this, and she's like, you know, just being a kid, right? And I'm walking by, and her, mom, her mom's looking in the thing, and I'm like, I just said something, are you flying? Or, you know, just whatever, no big deal. Not even, I had no iota of thinking of anything about this being a spiritual encounter. I was just like being cool to the kid kind of thing. You know, I'll be nice, you know. And then she's like, oh, and then the lady asks us a question, and we start talking back and forth. Well, pretty soon, we're standing in the safe aisle praying, and I'm holding the little girl's hand. She's holding her mom's hand. Jen's over here holding the mom's hand in my hand, and we're praying for her mom, and she's crying. Her tears are just running down her cheeks, right? And then I, of course, I pray a lot of times with my eyes open. Um, well, for many reasons. You know, the re when you're praying, sometimes you need to keep your eyes open because, you know, things can, you know, come at you. And so I'm praying, and I just, sometimes I just don't, I do that a lot where I just open my eyes and pray. Um, it does, does it say in the Bible that you have to close your eyes? No. Okay. So it's just a focus thing, right? So, it's, yeah. you know, it's not, it's okay. Okay. Uh, just checking. And, uh, the little girl, and I see her, and, and she looks at me. And then she looks at her mom, and she kind of hugs her mom. So we finish praying, and then I say, I forget how it went, but she's, I'm like, oh, your mom, you're okay? You're, you know, hugging your mom? She's like, oh, she cries all the time. 
thought that was pretty funny. But anyway, she was blessed. You know, got, you know she lives in uh, South Sacramento. And, uh, anyway, of course, we invited her to our church up here. And, and she's like, I'm going to come visit. And you do that. And, but, you know, get in a church, plug in somewhere, you know. Come visit us, great, but get somewhere. And, and uh, had a word after that for her just about uh, getting back into the word because she used to be. And she was, she used to, you know, she'd been in church, so it was cool. It was a really great experience. But so, so I'm saying this, this phrase, this concept in that context of, hey, we're, um, we're in this fast. We're, we're pushing into God. We're reading his word every day. We're trying to do something different than we've done before because we want different results, right? We want to go deeper with God. So we're, we're giving up stuff in the flesh and saying no so that we can get more into the spirit. And, and so God's speaking this, and he says, I'm the key to your destiny, and, and submission and complete abandonment to my spirit is essential. Now, you know what that context means, abandonment. You're, you're all in. Nothing else holding you back. It's God, everything, nothing else. So for without this complete abandonment, he said to me, you cannot reach your high goals. And I didn't even notice it at first, and I was just, you know, going, just listen, trying to listen. That, that's hard enough, Right? To listen with your spirit, you can't listen with these. These are physical ears. If you worship God, or you could put in, if you want a relationship with God, it's got to be in spirit and truth, right? Your relationship to God is not this primarily. This will work out from that relationship, but your primary relationship with God is from your spirit person. You are a spirit being. You have this body, and you have a mind and will and emotions. So, you are a spirit being, so you have to, so as I'm typing, I'm just, you know, it's hard enough to listen and, and stay focused and not get distracted in your thoughts and, you know, not go rabbit trails of what's for lunch or where am I going? You know, yeah, we all struggle there. So I'm just trying to focus. So I didn't really realize it until he said it a few more times. I'm like, hi, what is, you know, and he's kind of explaining. So he says, for, with, for without this complete abandonment, you cannot reach your high goals. You will, you will still finish your race and be with me forever. That's not the point. Um, this isn't about salvation, he said, but, but you really will want to finish these high goals for the rewards are great and you will love the plan I have for you. He said, son, many of my children miss a lot of opportunities each and every day. This is unfortunate, but obviously expected. However, my desire is that you and your brothers and sisters Miss fewer and fewer each day, every day. Are you getting this, son? He talks to me funny sometimes. Are you getting this, son? Yeah. Yes. He said, preach this to the church on Sunday. Make this year about missing less opportunities than you did the day, month, and year before. When you are faithful in the little, I will give you more. And then, so... Okay, so he sets that up and says, hey, get these high goals. These high goals are related to opportunities, and we get opportunities every day. And he says these high goals are, are not salvation. This is not about getting into heaven or being righteous, but this is about making the most of every opportunity in your day. And he's saying to our church, a lot of us miss a lot of opportunities every day because we're not in tune with the Spirit. And so if we get out of entunement with the Spirit, we're going to miss more and more opportunities. That's why I push so much on you. 
Get up in the morning. Do something with God in the morning. Read the word. Pray. Uh, journal. Get, get, you know, get alone time. I did the whole 30-minute thing. Man, you've got to do this. Not because we got to check the box and say, oh, I did something with Jesus. Now I'm a good boy, right? No, we do this because it changes us and it gets our, our spirit man open and the spiritual ears start opening up and hearing God's voice clear and clearer. As you meditate on the word more and more, you will hear God's voice more and more, okay? It's anointing in, anointing out. If you want to hear God more, start reading the word. That's your beginning point of hearing God's voice, is meditation on his word. If you're not going to do that, you can't skip and just go to greater things. You can't not be in the word on a regular basis and expect to operate in the spirit of God. It will not happen ever. And the problem with that is you'll go into deception and you'll hurt people and get off track. So God's not, you can do it, but God has a, a strict policy on that. On. He might just reach down and flick you in the head. <laughs> and you don't want to get flicked in the head by God. It hurts. All right, so high goals are these opportunities. Now, he goes a little deeper, and then we'll do a couple scriptures, and we'll, we'll be done. But I, I just want you to hear a few things, because I hope this will get into your hearts. Um, when you are faithful in the little, I will give you more. This is where the high goals are. They are found in the abandoned life of the sold-out believer. So he's saying that you don't, you, we all have a high goal, which are these great opportunities that God has for us every day. I mean, think about what goes on each day. Think about the intricacies of what God deals with every day just in your life alone, let alone everyone on the planet, right? So we're reading through Genesis. Have you seen all the, you know, people getting married and genealogies and all that stuff and people had to meet and, you know, Jacob or Rachel and all these people had to meet people and you're thinking, this is the perfect genealogy that go leads to Jesus, right? And all these people had to go the right time and say yes when they had to and no and all these crazy equation math that God has to do. Math is important. No. Um, so God had to do all this crazy stuff. And so in our little life, we have a multitude of these that we have these set up God appointments every day that are opportunities that, that we can just walk right past. And God, as vessels in, the, in this community, wants us to be so in tune with him that we don't miss those. But these high goals are, are, are not just opportunities, but they're, they're windows and they're doorways into more of God's uh, uh, presence and glory in your life. Okay? So these are not just, you can meet an opportunity, and if you're walking by and, oh, Jesus loves you. Well, well thank you. And you Maybe God wanted you to say that, and he needed to hear that. And have, or maybe say, can I pray for you? Do you have anything hurting? Yeah, everywhere. No, you're old. No, I'm kidding. Um, so <laughs> pray for your shoulder, and maybe pray for him, and, you know, it goes, whatever. So you can meet opportunities, but it's the consistent nature of meeting opportunities on a consistent basis that builds up to where you can be walking in that presence and power of the Holy Spirit on an ongoing basis. But if you like working out, if you want to build muscle and be humongous and, you know, ripped and have a 22-pack and all that stuff, right? That just doesn't happen overnight. Right, Craig? Absolutely. Right. So 
it happens over consistent time of being faithful, committed, uh, strict on yourself, telling your flesh exactly what it, because you can't mess up. You've got to stay strict on that kind of uh, a plan and goal. Well, it's very similar, in fact, more real in the spirit that if you want to be a spiritual superhero, if you want to be operating as a spiritual You want a, you want a six-pack in the spirit? What that looks like is discipline, sacrifice, pain, sometimes loneliness, because these are all the things that Jesus had to face before he went to the cross. And it was the joy that was set before him that made him able to endure the cross. So it was his high goal, right, of being savior of the world and getting us out of a huge mess, that he was able to endure all these pain and suffering points. So it was through the suffering that Jesus went through that he was able to walk more and more in these high goals and start meeting the needs. That's why Jesus could, he would see what the Father was doing and he would do it. He was so in tune with the Spirit that as he grew in that, and he had to grow in that. Did you know that? Did you know Jesus had to grow into that place? He didn't start this type of ministry that we know of until he was 30, right? So he, all those years, he's learning Scripture. He's learning how to hear the voice of the Father. Wait, I thought he automatically. No. Jesus was tempted at every point you were. He had to go through all this as a man, fully God, fully man, but his man side had to learn how to hear the Spirit of God, just like you and me have to learn. And it took 30 years of that being in the temple, reading the scriptures, hearing, talking, and the Spirit of God was on him, helping him, and he was open to the Spirit, and he grew. So now he's walking down, he's not missing any opportunities, is he? He's walking down, and blind Bartimaeus. He's walking down, someone's sick, someone's lame, someone needs healing, adultery, all this stuff, he's He's meeting these opportunities, and he's meeting every high goal. These goals that are there that are there, but they don't necessarily have to be met. But God and his plan wants them met. And just think if we would all be open to go through this suffering, pain, loneliness thing, which is getting up early and reading your Bible, setting your alarm earlier than you normally do. If you want to sleep in, who likes to sleep in? If you want to sleep in, you can just sleep in on the front part of your sleep instead of the end part of your sleep. If, if you can't get up at 6 a.m., go to bed earlier. So if you want to sleep in, sleep in on the front end and get up earlier. Build it so that God is your priority, not your on your list. If God's on your list, he's not your priority. He should be your list. He's the priority. Everything else takes second place to God. But that comes through the suffering part of telling our flesh, no, Doug, you're not watching TV. Doug, no, you're not eating dessert again. You're not going to eat any candy for 21 days. You're not going to have any ice cream or bread. No. You're going to tell yourself no. And it's through that, which is uncomfortable. And, oh, you do it for a few days, you feel good. And then it gets kind of hard. And then you're kind of mad, like, oh, I should be able to eat whatever I want. You know, and you go through all the stuff that you, you go through. And you, you get up and say, oh, man, I'm so tired. I need, I need another half hour to sleep. Else I'm just going to be so terribly miserable. And God's like, no, get up. 
Seek me in the morning. Find me in the morning, and I'll make your day spectacular. I'm going to change you. I'm going to mentor you. So this, it's the abandoned life, the, the, the sold-out believer that goes through these trials to make the beauty of sacrifice and, and uh, pain um, able to get into these high goals. So let me continue, and we'll get into a couple of scriptures. For many see that uh, the life I am calling them to as a life of loneliness and loss and sacrifice and all those to some degree are true because there's going to be loss and sacrifice and pain in your life. Uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't figured that one out, please stand up and we're going to beat on you for a few minutes. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ooh, that was, that was a bad one. Okay, we'll move on. Part, uh, but the part I want you to get today, Jesus said, what, what I, I call you will always have an element of sacrifice, pain, and loss but if endured, you will see the reward of that here on this earth my, uh, and in heaven. Uh, when my kids choose to lose their life to really find it, this is when, as they are walking through the difficult times, that the true blessing of the faithful are found. I want to read that again. When my kids choose to lose their life to really truly find it, this is when, as they're walking through the difficult times, that the true blessing of the faithful are found. So what, what he's saying to, to me there was that it's in these times of when we're being disciplined, we're going through painful times, but it's in that process that as we stay faithful and we start obeying the voice and we stay faithful in that, that pretty soon we start seeing the joy even in the sacrifice, as we continue to sacrifice and make our flesh obey, we start seeing the blessings in the spirit of someone being blessed and prayed for, a word of wisdom, like the blessing of praying for that, uh, that mom and daughter in Safeway was a blessing. And to me, I feel like it was a reward for staying faithful in the word, staying in tune with the spirit. Because I could have just gone, you know, I, I was 9.30. We were, yeah, let's go to, let's go home, go to bed. Let's get, we don't want to be out. I don't want to start a conversation with someone I don't even know. Who, want, who wants, you know what I mean? Like, I, we, are, we were busy, we were, looking, we were looking for something on that aisle. We could have just kept going, but for some reason, the Spirit prompted me to say something to her, and God did it, you know? And so, but see, that's what, I desire more of that in my life. I want to be in tune with God so that I hear Him, so that I can start meeting these appointments, so that I can start making the, op, the best of every opportunity, so that I don't miss these high goals because those high goals are what we're going to stand before God one day, and he's going to, we're going to give an account for everything we say. Think about that, church. You are going to stand before God and give an account for every word that comes out of your mouth. Every place you go, all that you've done with your life, the stewardship that you've get, been given over your life, you are going to give an account to God for how well or not so well you managed what you were given. You were given a life. Hey, it's your life. We all have our problems. We've all had weird things happen in our life, bad beginnings, bad, whatever. But it's your life. God's given you stewardship, and you're going to have to give an account to God. What did you do with what I gave you? Are you with me? So it's important, guys, that we, we realize this and start living this way. Um, a few more, and then we'll... Uh, you won't see it at first. 
you won't see this at first, or all would go in, meaning when you're in this pain and suffering and you're, and you're, you're putting the flesh down, you're dying to self, um, you're not going to see these high goals or these opportunities a lot at first. Because, and you're not going to experience it. It's going to be a slow, gradual thing because Jesus said, if you, if, if you did one day of a fast, oh, I've not eat candy all day. And then all of a sudden, oh, you know, all these great things. Well, wouldn't everyone do it, right? I mean, if we knew it was that easy, right? It's, it's not easy. Are, are you with me? Is it easy for you? Because it isn't for me. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not easy. Or don't look at your neighbor and don't say anything. <laughs> so it's a, a difficult thing. So it's going to be knowing that the, the payoff comes as you're consistent during the time of, of suffering. Are you with me? So it's don't expect to read your word one day and then go, I can hear the voice of God. Let me prophesy over you at Kmart. Right? You know, but hey, maybe in three months, six months of getting the word in you, you go through the Bible a couple times, get God's word in your heart, you start taking risk, you start believing, you're consistent, pretty soon that word becomes a part of your life. Pretty soon it starts uh, transposing uh, your brain, the way you think and the way you remember, and your memory. The word will get in there. The Bible says that the word of God will wash the mind. It'll transform it, and you will be transformed, but you've got to stay the course. You can't give up or in. You've got to stay the course and be consistent because consistency is the key to uh, reaching these opportunities. But you will see it is as, as you stay the course and press into me and my purposes for you, you will have milestones throughout your journey showing up, um, showing you the glory of crucifying the flesh and fully surrendering to me. Don't miss any more opportunities. Embrace my will for you and surrender all of your heart, your mind, flesh, and strength to me, and I will give you rest. It is only in complete abandonment that you will see these high goals and begin to grasp your true purpose in life. Uh, live like no other so that you can live like no other. If you took, uh, does that sound familiar to anybody? What was it? Dave Ramsey, right? So, but what the Spirit of God was saying to me is that live like no other in the Spirit. Now, giving, sacrificing it. Live like no other. There's not a whole lot of people that want to live this way. If there was a bunch of people that wanted to do what we're doing, this room would be packed. Because if I was preaching something that was easy and made you feel good, well, then people want that. But that's not the message of Christ. Jesus' message is, die to yourself and follow me. Ouch. So this is a tough goal, and God wants you to realize that this is a, something that you have to put your, everything in, everything in your heart in. Let's see here. So live like no other so that you can live like no other. What you do here and live, that's going to be tough. You're going to get rewarded in heaven. And, and listen to this. He says, Doug, please dream about and imagine how amazing heaven is really going to be. So I just had to stop and wait, God's telling me to dream about and imagine how amazing heaven. And the spirit was speaking to me, you need to know that the thing that's going to get you through this is to understand where you're going. 
And not that it's just heaven, because heaven can mean a lot of different things to people. But he said, dream about heaven's going to be spectacular beyond your wildest dreams. I'm going to reward you and all those sacrifices you make, every single one of them, I'm going to pay you sevenfold back in heaven in ways that you don't even know. And that excites me. So as you keep your, your mind on the high goals of, of going to heaven, then that helps you get through these sacrifices here on earth. This is a guarantee, he said. All those who abandon themselves to me will not be disappointed. It will be so worth the pain, suffering, and the self-denial that it will take to obtain these high goals. But you will be so, so glad you did. Preach this, son. Encourage your people to press on into me the beauty of sacrifice. Um, can I do one scripture and then we'll go? Is that okay? Um, turn to Ephesians 5. Ephesians chapter 5. A lot of, a lot of that was in there is going to be in scriptures like, like uh, Matthew 12, you know. For by your words you'll be acquitted and by your words you'll be condemned. Jesus said, but I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word that was spoken. Isn't that challenging, knowing that you're going to be judged on every word spoken, every empty word spoken? Ephesians 5, verse 10, and then we'll close. We'll let you go, and you can get on. You can check off church, right? We did all the church stuff, right? We sang some songs, preached a sermon. Oh, we didn't do offering. Okay. Do you want to do offering right now? We can switch it up. I think, I think you should pray for offering later. Yeah, thank you. If it wasn't for you, I would have forgot. Thank you. All right. So Ephesians 5.10. Now let's get a hold of this because this is a big deal. Um, Ephesians 5.10. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. We could preach on that right there. Carefully determine what pre God is saying to you today, you can put your name on that. Gary, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Dale, Brett, on and on. <laughs> Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness and, and extead, ex, extead, instead expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things the ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. Guys, if you're trying to hide from God, don't do it. He's a light and he's one day he's going to shine on you and it's going to be a day sooner than you think. So don't, don't hide, expose darkness, get rid of it. For the light makes everything visible. That's why he said, awake, O sleeper, rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Verse 15, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of careful, what the word? Every of every opportunity. There's a misprint in mine. Mine went from verse 16 to 11. Awesome. Well, thank you, babe. Different version. Let's start in verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but live like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Listen to this. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk. So he's given you an example. Make the most of every opportunity, right? Right? Now he says, for an example, 
don't be drunk with wine because that ruins your life. Instead of being drunk with wine, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So making the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. So I want you to take a look at that word, every opportunity. It's a very interesting word, and it's a funny word to say, and I'm going to try and say it. But I always say, I always speak Italian when I'm trying to t- speak Greek, and it's, a, it's like a spaghettios, you know? It's, it's exagrazo. So it's a, this word means this, the little Greek word there written in your notes if you're following along. To buy up, to ransom, to rescue from loss, to buy away from, purchase out, redeem, choose. So you could substitute that in there for every opportunity. Make the most, make the most of every opportunity or buy up every opportunity. You know, it's interesting because this word in the Greek comes from two words. The first part, that ek, means uh, completely out from, right? And then the agazio means this, to buy up at the marketplace. So what this word, make the most of every opportunity, is to buy everything at the marketplace when the opportunity is right. So if there's a sale, (laughs) Ruffles chips are two for one. (laughs) I'm losing money if I don't buy them, right? Right? So you see a sale and you ever see something that you love that's cheap, right? You're like, oh my gosh, the Lord's speaking to me. That's right. Mm -hmm. True, true. But I don't want to hear that because I don't want to believe that because it's a sale. And I want to buy everything up. So, so God's really saying, make, buy up, and if you see an opportunity, do everything to make the most of that and to seize it. It's also used for the word redeem, where Christ redeems us. He sets us free. He pays the ransom, right? Um, so it's a very interesting word, and I want you to... Listen to this. It's a commentary um, that I was reading that talked about this word. And he says this. He says, this word, um, as, a, as applied to opportunity, it carries with it the idea, first, of making a sacrifice for it. So what are we talking about today? Sacrifice. Going, make, you know, making our flesh obey us, getting up earlier, reading the word, and we don't feel like it. So this word, make the most of every opportunity, has to do, in the sense of the word, of making sacrifice for it, then a quickness in seizing it. So this word, built in the word, is the concept of making the most opportunity it has to be fast, and you have to do it quickly, as fast as you can. And that's how we should approach when the Spirit of the Lord tells us to go do something. How many, of us, how many of us argued with God for five minutes after he tells us to do something, and then we lose the opportunity? I've done that. A homeless guy, I remember, oh, Lord, did you really want me? He might, he's going to go get beer with it. And I, you know, so I go all these rational things. God's like, just shut up and do what I tell you to do. <laughs> like, you're going to waste your opportunity. So built in this word, God's saying, do it quick. Be quick to listen, Right? Be quick to listen to the Holy Spirit and respond. Uh, my mom, bless her heart, with Jesus right now, she was driving home, and the Lord was really dealing with her one time on listening, not just listening to the Lord, but responding quickly. And so Jesus was telling her, hey, I, when I tell you to do something, I want you to do it right then. 
And she's like, oh my gosh, okay. So she's in this process. So she was up at a retreat in the mountains and she was driving home by herself and she was just praising God, just driving down the hill. And all of a sudden, God says, stop. And she's like, and she coming around a corner and she puts on her brakes and comes to a stop. And as she comes around the corner, deer were coming across the road right in front of, right in front of her. And if she was going like normally, could have been really bad for her car or bad for her life. And uh, i never forget that story because she's like, I couldn't believe it. I mean, I thought it was just me. And I'm like, the Lord just almost yelled at me to stop. And I'm just like, what's going on? But I, uh, he's told me, so I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden, oh, wow, he just saved my life, you know. And so in this word, making the most of every opportunity is the quickness to obey it, the quickness to seize the stuff that's on sale, right? Let's, let's all go shopping today and, see, and practice this word, right? <laughs> Where's there a sale? No, I'm kidding. But, you know, seize it, okay? And then also it has the wisdom in using it to the utmost, right? Making the fullness of it, whether by means of silence or speech, by facing or avoiding danger, by yielding to a crisis or conquering it. So what a rich word, right? So God's going God's gonna to test you this week and, and test you in the sense of helping you understand this word so that you can be trusted in small things. So if you don't learn to seize the small opportunities, you can't seize the big ones. And those big ones are going to be more important to God in the sense of, instead of just maybe encouraging one another, you might go say something to someone who's going to commit suicide later that night. And maybe because you obeyed God and took the most of that opportunity, you're going to say something to that person that will change their mind. Are you with me? It, it can be that. It, it is. That's happened. And it will happen. And God has an appointments for you this week already in his mind. He's seen it. He's been there. He's walked before you. Every person in this building has uh, opportunities, a ton of them this week. How many will you fulfill? It's going to be based on you spending time with, that's why I encourage you guys to spend time with the Lord. And don't, don't make this a legalistic thing or guilt trip. I encourage you to get up in the morning a little bit and do something with God in the morning. There's something about getting up in the morning and, and giving that to the Lord and saying, Lord, help me today. Because without him, we will miss opportunities. Without his spirit, we will not be able to seize the sale when it's on. Without his spirit, we won't see the sale. We won't see the person that is in need because we're so focused on my life. Oh, I got to get up. I got to do this. I got to, I'm, I'm busy, da, da, da. And it's all you and I'm driving and that person's not driving fast enough and I got to get my coffee and work sucks and, you know, come on, we've all been there. So we're all focusing on these things and it's really keeping us from seeing what's around us. Uh, when I, um, I refereed for quite a few years, basketball, and uh, in refereeing, there's two guys and you're opposite sides and you're, you're watching the game and there's 10 players in basketball. And so you're watching a lot of stuff going on. I played basketball my whole life in college. So I understood the game really well. But what I learned as a referee is that they always wanted us to have what they called court awareness. And court awareness is that usually everyone in the stands is focused on the person dribbling and the person guarding. But the person dribbling and guarding might not be nothing going on. But down here in the post which is the lower part by the basket, right? That's, they call it the post area. And in the post, you might have the big guys jockeying for position and throwing elbows and holding shirts and all kinds of stuff. So as a ref, I would have to see 
the main action going here, and then my partner, I'd have to trust that his court awareness was looking at other places, because if both referees are looking at the ball, someone get away with an elbow to the face, right? So they taught us that even though you're looking here and I'm watching the ball, making sure he's not carrying the ball or doing something he shouldn't do or traveling or, you know, whatever, and I'm looking over here, to, I can see these guys over here and they're pushing and, you know, and, and sometimes I've been able to watch here and see that and go, and take my eyes off and, look, and go, you know, do the ref thing, right? But the, the thing is I want you to catch from that is that God wants you to have spiritual awareness. You, you can get so focused in on, on you and what's the issue in your life that you miss the world around you. And God wants you to step back and go, hey, you, I'll deal with these. I'll help you out, but be aware of your surroundings. You're walking in a full of life people that are going to hell unless you do something about it, unless you somehow influence them, and you're not going to know what to do if you're so focused in on your junk that you can't even see what's going on in their life. You have no compassion or care about them because all you care about is you. We've got to open up our eyes, and I, I, to make the most of every opportunity, you've got to start seeing bigger. You've got to start having court awareness. Have life awareness, guys. It's not about you, right? It's about them. You're saved. If you know Jesus, you're going to heaven. And if you don't, you're going to have an opportunity right now to know him. But if you know Jesus, you're going to heaven, you're saved, you're trusting him for your salvation, you're good. Now start getting to where God can be good through you to others, so that they can hear the good news of the gospel and they can get saved out of their depression and anger and frustration and loneliness and all that junk that the enemy's throwing at them. They can be free. Are you with me? So court awareness. Have spiritual awareness. Make the most of every opportunity. And let's go get hold of some of those high goals this week because God's got some high goals for you this week. But the only way you're going to get them is if you tune into him and listen to him and walk in his spirit. Are you with me? Yeah? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We're so thankful for your grace and your mercies that are new every day. Lord, we're so thankful that no matter what we've done and how efficiently we've been as a Christian, we may have messed up already, big deal, God, but today's a new day. Lord, and even tomorrow, Monday morning, and even this evening, it's a new season for us to listen to you, obey your spirit, to be sensitive to your leadings, your promptings, your unctions, your callings, so that we can be a minister unto the world around us, Father. That's our desire as a church. That's our desire as a Christian, is to be a vessel for you to work through. Lord, we want to be that in cooperation with you so that more people will get ministered to, that we'll reach our high goals, Lord, that we'll reach these opportunities that are existing every day for us to make a difference in this world, Lord. Help us meet them, Lord. We want to so bad. And so, Lord, we pray that we would get our eyes off of ourselves and on to you and then on to others. Lord, that we would not be self-centered, but we'd be other-centered. And Father, if uh, there's anyone here this morning, I just pray, Lord God, that your spirit of conviction would be on their heart right now to draw them to your grace and love. And, and if you're here today and you, you think, man, I, I want to try this, I want to reach these opportunities, but I have never surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you haven't done that yet, or maybe you did that a long time ago, and you've fallen away from the Lord, and you've served yourself, and you've kind of taken him out of the throne, and you've put yourself in your throne and made yourself the Lord of your life, 
Maybe today would be the day where you would surrender that back to him, repent of your sin, tell God you're sorry and that you want to try again and ask him to take that throne in your life. Ask him to be the Lord of your life. Surrender your heart, your will, your ways to him and he's going to make your life different. So if that's you today and you want to make him the Lord of your life, would you just raise your hand up and after service I'm going to pray with you and and talk with you if you want to. Is there anyone here today that would say, yeah, Pastor Doug, I need to surrender my heart to him. I've been serving myself. I've been doing what I want to do, not what God wants to do. And I need to give that up. And I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Is there anyone here today that would say, yep, that's me. That's me. Yep, I see one. Anyone else? Anyone else? I've been serving myself. I'm going to recommit my life to you, God, today. That's my desire. I know you have that desire in your heart. Anyone else want to say, yes, I want, to, I want to surrender to God and make him Lord of my life? Holy Spirit, I know you're working on hearts. I can see it in the Spirit. Anybody else? Raise your hand up as a sign of faith and change. Don't be afraid. The Bible says, I was reminded today, if we deny him in front of people, God's going to deny us in front of the Father. If we're embarrassed of you, Jesus, now in front of people that love you, wow, you'll be embarrassed in front of us before the Father. So, Lord, we want to we do it. Yes, Lord. Any others? Come on, make this a day of a recommitment in your life. It could be the first time or the tenth time. It doesn't matter. God wants you to just to get back on the saddle and go for it and trust him. Anybody else? Don't be ashamed. God is for you. Who can be against you? Oh, Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this opportunity today to hear your word, to worship, to love each other, to read your precious word, to sing songs to you, Jesus, our, our King of kings. Lord, you're such a great God. Help us meet our opportunities this week. Give us the strength to do it, the wisdom to see it, Lord. And we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week.